0: Welcome to the Aether. It's a low key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Welcome to video games. Today we're talking about Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and maybe some of the other ones that have come out all uh, what 11 other Kingdom Hearts games (laughs) and also potentially how we feel about Kingdom Hearts 3. I think those are that's the docket for today.
1: Yeah, I think this was, this episode's subject matter was instigated by you messaging me saying, I can't believe we have to do another episode before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes
0: out. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, any game that I play is not Kingdom Hearts, is kind of how my brain... I like, was like, I did a raid in Destiny yesterday, I was like, this isn't Kingdom Hearts, I don't really care, like, what am I doing? I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, kind of sauntering through life, waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 to happen. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, I thought... It's also been years since I have played
1: either one or two, and mm-hmm. I haven't played any of the other ones. Um, so I just oh, felt really like, yeah, okay. I haven't yeah. um so uh, I thought it'd be cool to revisit. So what we did, I played I started playing the first one. Mm-hmm. Brendan played the second one, and we're gonna kind of just dive into it. Um, I will say before I talk about the game and kind of my experience with the series and 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 all that, I was so excited I unearthed my p s two. From the cursed uh basement, no, it's it's in my bookshelf. But you know, mm-hmm. I I dusted it off and I opened my like cringy college like binder of like DVDs and and games and stuff that like yeah is somehow the most dated relic of my past. Uh-huh. Um, uh, short of like having like a Zoom that just has like uh Scatman on it, I feel like this, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the most dated thing I own. Yeah. Um. And I and I didn't have my copy of the first game. Um hmm. and I remembered that with Kingdom Hearts two, I lent it to a friend and then they never returned it. Oh no. So that was kinda classic that was kinda classic scenario there. Yeah. And the first game I gave to my roommate in college as a parting gift. Because he was really into Disney and I'm like, I want you to have this. Um Wow. That's very nice of you. Yeah. So but here I am in twenty eighteen and I texted him I'm like didn't I give you this game and he's like you sure did with a winking face and I'm like <laughs> what is happening so I didn't have my copy of the first game uh, so what I did was I went on my PS4 and I downloaded the 1.8 1.9 everybody's here remix mm-hmm. uh, this time it's the last one um, which includes like I guess a digitally remastered version of the first game and the second yeah as the well final mix of both I, I believe yeah final mix of one and two as well as recoded which I don't know what it is and it's like a puzzle game and then the 3ds game and one of the movies
0: I think if the one that actually the one that you were playing is the same one that I was playing so that comes with uh the the final mix of one and two also playable on there I believe is birth by sleep which is it the is, PSP yeah. one which has been mm. uh, remastered as well and then movie versions of the 3ds one uh, and recoded, and oh, I think okay, also so Chain a, of Memories. I think there's a isn't Chain of Memories on there. Chain also? of Memories is on there as well. Yes, this is okay. This is how complicated
1: it is that we both own this and we don't know what it is. Yes, it's it's one and two and Birth by Sleep are the games, right? Y- that's yes. where you can play, mm-hmm. and that's actually good because those are probably the three that I wanted to check out. Yeah, and I think that like I honestly uh just like real quick going into three, I kind of almost want to go in being like confuse the hell out of me i don't want to know a thing i want to see how well i can Mm -hmm. like tread
0: water yeah only knowing the the first two games yeah i I have a lot of thoughts on how i'm going into kingdom hearts 3 yeah Um, and we'll get into that later yeah i I think that's a thing that we can talk about a little bit later it's also been i haven't played the
1: first game probably since college and i haven't played the second one since it came out in 2006 Mm -hmm. so it's been a while for me so revisiting the first one um i kind of went in being like okay like i remember really loving this game and i also remember feeling like it hasn't aged super well in some ways so went in kind of with like very specific expectations and i have to say i am like right back in like i really like the minute i heard the menu theme i was like oh fuck this game like I'm <laughs> yeah,
0: right back. it hits you uh, right it hits
1: you it like, really hits me yeah um and the thing with me with kingdom hearts is that uh I, when that game came out i was it came out in 2001 right uh one or two yeah yeah um so i was either 10 or 11 when that came out mm-hmm. my intro to jrpgs was final fantasy 7 that's the game that like really hit me hard i would not be who i am today like truly if i did not play that game when i was nine yeah. For better or for worse, I have no idea. It just—it definitely, like, that was the game that was sort of the gateway into a genre of experiences I didn't know existed. Right. So when Kingdom Hearts came out, I was like, okay, this feels a little weird. Like, the idea, conceptually, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I remember it just, like, even at that young age, it's it feels like alchemy, where you're like, this shouldn't be working. I know that's, like, a common thing. Everyone's like, this should never have worked as well as it does. Yeah. But, like... It really and I think the reason is because, like, you know, it's simply not an amalgamation of Disney and Final Fantasy, but it truly becomes its own brand um, when the two are combined.
0: Yeah, I think it weirdly becomes a commentary on both simultaneously. Like, yeah, in a weird way, I feel like the Final Fantasy games are always so they're they play them completely straight in, in the serious moments of that. You know where it's always like okay well you are searching for like 16 crystals to defeat the Dark Lord who has risen again and you know has claimed like some kind of strange dragon as as his you know like it's always just like a a very like ludicrous idea that is Mm -hmm. supposed to be played completely straight and the idea that like you still have that exact sentiment in Kingdom Hearts but the people that are explaining it are Donald and Goofy like (laughs) for some reason like it's like oh okay now we're all on the same page like, now we all. <laughs> yeah. Have, have the moment really it becomes crystal it
1: clear is like when Leon, who's previously Squall who I have a lot of theories on like why he goes by Leon now but I'll get to that later okay okay great I can't wait for that (laughs) Uh, I will say right off the bat I think that Leon is actually he's one of the few Final Fantasy characters that I like significantly more in Kingdom Hearts than in his own game yeah but anyway like the scene where Leon's like go with your friends you have to find your friends Mm -hmm. like with his like cool ass jacket and aloof demeanor yeah and then Goofy and Donald's like no frowning (laughs) (laughs) and like I think if you say the phrase no frowning in a public space leon has to like contractually leave the room like i think that's like he's like i know i'm not welcome here yeah that's all i do but yeah so uh i do honestly think i've doubled down on the dream sequence and kingdom hearts one being one of my favorite game intros like ever Mm -hmm. i really love it, it creates as goofy as the game is literally and as like kind of almost self-aware as it can be, mm-hmm. there's this sense of mystery in one that still kind of is effective. Yeah. Um, like you're even talking when specifically
0: you, about like the, the stained glass cylinders that you're standing on as you yeah. fight heartless for the first time. And there's kind of the ominous yeah. choir and basically like. Yeah, that music. Yeah, so oh my God. The
1: music. Yeah. So you're on these stained glass platforms of various Disney princesses and there's kind of a cryptic text narration. Yeah. Uh, and you, Sora, uh, you're presented with three options. It says like, which gift will you take? And there's a sword, a shield, and a wand. Mm-hmm. uh Familiar territory for anyone who's played the game, but it's worth re- re-examining. Um, and then you have to give one up, which like that really gets to the core of me that loves like tarot cards and all that kind of stuff. Where yeah, I'm like, totally. the, the, you know, like because it has like really nice flavor of like you know a sword of invincible courage, like of terrible destruction. Like, is this the weapon you choose? Yeah. Um, I chose this time around. I chose the shield and I gave up the wand because mm. I'm also playing on the higher difficulty. So I'm like, I want to be a little tankier than normal. Yeah. And I feel like I never really use magic too much in these games. So like I, you know, I, I was like, I want to not have a disadvantage with my keyblade. Mm-hmm. So get with the wand. And then I forgot about this. Uh, Waka Titus and selfie ask you like very hard hitting uh, Myers-Briggs ask questions of like, what do you want in life? Yeah. I, the, I almost took a screenshot of this. I told Selfie like I want to be there for my friends, and she's like, "Is that such a big deal?" I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Selfie, why are you a child? Um, yeah, it is weird because Titus and Selfie are like children in this version. Yeah, I never. Really, I mean, like, it's its own world, but it was just kind of curious. Yeah, so I just like that is such an appealing setup. Even when you get to Mystery Island and like the traditional RPG kicks in of like doing chores for the first hour before your home village burns down, which is like just always the case. Yeah, it's still well done. Like I remember it being a pain to gather all the supplies, but what ends up happening is you end up exploring the island more like the pieces are really easy to find. And you end up talking to all the people who live on this island and like challenging them to sword fights, which is like super fun. Mm-hmm. There is no boss in the game harder than Riku with a wooden sword on the island. Like I, lo- <laughs> I lost. I finally won the race. And he, so I was like, all right, the score is two to forty one. I'm like, this is not worth celebrating, dude. Uh, <laughs>
0: Riku and Kairi are going to share the papo fruit. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, Um, like that weirdly falls kind of in line with the story, not to get into the the, like gigantic tome of canon for this game, but the idea that Riku is actually the chosen one and Sora Mm. just like kind of happened into the Keyblade by accident. But it was like Riku that was supposed to have it initially. Like the fact that he kicks your ass multiple times on the beach kind of like drives that home weirdly. Yeah, he's a great rival character because I think like
1: as as critical as one can be of the narrative, I do think that like Riku has a really
0: interesting arc throughout the series. He's the more interesting Um, character. Definitely uh, is more fun to be with as the protagonist. But Riku, I think, is the more interesting character. Absolutely. Um, And I
1: think you do because you have that time with them on the island like like Sora is constantly asking where Riku and Kairi are. Like, you as the player are kind of as well. Or at least you're at least interested to see what's going to happen when they're all reunited. Yeah. It's really sad when the heartless take over the island and, like, Kairi's like, Sora... Like Yeah. I'll never forget, like, the two images that are seared into my brain for some reason are Kairi saying that like sad and out of energy mm-hmm. and when riku throws the raft supplies at you and you go like whoa <laughs> like, for some reason those two images yeah, will never leave my the two most hard
0: hitting moments in kingdom hearts 1 <laughs> <laughs> um
1: graphically yeah. it's it seems to run smoother on the ps4 obviously um it still has one of my favorite things about ps2 where like during the cutscenes that are like clearly meant to be all out it actually looks great I think it's a testament to the art style of of Disney and of some of the characters. Yeah. Uh, but then you get right back to like the half cut scene where it's like just sort of like Sora's flat face with his mouth opening yeah. and closing. And a like a very slight smile.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Gets into a kind of oblivion territory. Yeah. Hello, Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hear Leon's jokes are awful. Be seeing you never blink, <laughs> never wink at the heartless, never make sure to fight for this world to make sure no one's heart fo- I don't know, whatever. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm actually really impressed at how much like, yes, there's nostalgia here, but I truly think if I was playing this game for the first time, I think that the, the just sort of sense of, of just, the, I mean, no other word, just the magic of the series definitely is still there. Mm-hmm. And I think that it still plays really well. I I forgot the mechanic where if you hit an enemy at, at the same time they're attacking, you basically like negate the attack. Yeah. And I actually think that there's a pretty high skill ceiling there of like of of truly making this not just a button masher, but like having some skill involved. Yeah. And I think that uh, if I remember, like, I-, I feel like two, if memory serves, and I-, I wish I had time to play two as well for today, but we'll get into that. I feel like two plays better, but I, I remember there being a point in two where the triangle button moves get so ludicrous that it kind of <laughs> becomes more cinematic than like you actually playing.
0: Yeah, especially when some of the abilities you start to unlock into are like, OK, now you're stacking damage multipliers on top of those triangle moves
1: yeah so so, like there's
0: no reason to not just be slamming triangle instead of x at that point
1: exactly so i think that's
0: well two i think
1: is the better gameplay one feels a lot more grounded and it feels like you're actually like yes you're leveling up and getting new abilities but you're also kind of getting better as you play yeah not not to the same level as like hollow knight or something but like I feel like there's a. It, it feels a bit more in your grasp. You're not yeah. just watching Sora and the Beast go like, you ready? Born ready.
0: It's, doing something. F- yeah. it's funny that you mentioned Hollow Knight because I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Kingdom Hearts, at least two from what I was playing of two yesterday and probably uh-huh. one as well, but I'd have to go back and try it again. They both remind me a lot of Hollow Knight in that when you start, like the only criticism I can really lay against Hollow Knight, to be honest, is like, You start off that game with almost no abilities whatsoever, and it feels like there's a there's kind of like a limit to the amount of input that you have. And it's like, okay, is this is this all I'm going to be for the whole game? And it takes a really long time for you to start to accumulate enough abilities where it's like, oh, now there's a lot of movement options. Now I'm doing like all this really interesting shit. Um, And and there there's like a, a larger swath of gameplay opportunity for me. Kingdom Hearts feels the same way where you start off without the aerial recovery, without the mm-hmm. dodge, without the guard, without like parrying without or your, anything like that. Uh, without Donald and Goofy who like truly help. Right. Without um, Donald least, Goofy, without magic. At least Goofy
1: does. Donald's been fucking, fucking up in my game. But
0: anyway. Yeah. Just, just the idea that you start with almost nothing and it feels yeah. like very stilted. Like the combat feels like there's almost nothing you can really do except for hit X in the beginning. And right. then you start getting abilities and it's like, oh, wait, this combat rules like this combat yeah. is really fun and fluid and interesting but in the beginning it is so stagnant
1: i mean i so right now i just got to the tarzan world so i'm like still pretty early on but i yeah. definitely feel that even now where like you start off on Miss on is it destiny island or mystery island I think destiny, it's destiny island, island. Yeah. destiny island you're basically running around with a cricket bat and then like yeah. uh now i have i ju- i, I in and now in wonderland you get magic for the first time mm-hmm. and you also have donald and goofy with you and i, think I also fire, fire. first right The fire, yeah, and then the Cheshire Cat gives you Blizzard. Yeah. um, Which is great. I remember the Alice in Wonderland world being a bit more frustrating. It wasn't as uh, tedious as I remembered it. I think it's also like a really charming world because it's like, it's the first time you're in a Disney setting. And yeah. like, what a good beginning to the journey of like literally falling
0: down the rabbit hole. Like yeah, it's very Yeah, to say, yeah, that I feel like that was definitely, that was a very purposeful decision.
1: But it is, <laughs> what. so the puzzles are fine. But what I found kind of funny this time playing is like, you know, you you bring all the evidence that Alice is innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Queen's obviously like, oh, whatever, like off with your heads anyway. And you fight all the cards and great boss fight. And then you win and then like, oh, Alice is kidnapped. And then like, no one says anything. There's no cutscene. And then do I, do I just leave? (laughs) And then you do. (laughs) It's like, no, there's no real resolution. I think you go back later, but. um, Yeah. Yeah. You you, go back and do all the worlds twice, basically. Which I guess makes sense because like, I think at this point in the journey, they wouldn't really be that invested in other people's problems quite yet. Like Sora does kind of show his bravery of like standing up for her, but. They're still just trying to find the king and trying to find their friends. Yeah. Um. There was a moment, though, where I was like, oh, cold move, Sora, where I got to Tarzan <laughs> world and Tarzan saves you from that uh, Jaguar and Sora and Tarzan have, have, you know, they meet and greet. Right. And uh, Sora's like, have you seen my friends? Donald is the never mind. Have you seen my real friends, Riku and Kairi? And Whoa. I was like, oh, <laughs> I hated that. I hated that moment. Tarzan felt it too. He's like, you're just like completely selling it out, Donald Goofy, who, by the way, are like within a 30 foot radius of the poacher from Tarzan. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> tick tock, Sora. But I think Tarzan's a great follow up to Alice in Wonderland because, like, if there's anything you might feel in Alice in Wonderland, it's literally feeling like enclosed and kind of claustrophobic, right? And then Tarzan is this open, vast level, right? That has some frustrating platforming, but I think that like, uh, it's it's a great follow up. Um. If memory serves, I think that uh, the reason I was expecting this game to feel a bit more clunky gameplay-wise was I think that there are a couple worlds that still do. I think that the little mermaid world just mechanically is not fun. Yeah. Uh I remember it being Agreed. fun because of the novelty, but like square being swim up and circle being swim down is just like you have to you have to hold your PS remote like you're typing and that's just not a good experience.
0: Yeah, I think um I don't know if it's the first time you're there or if it's the second time, but the Ursula boss fight is like just infuriating
1: yeah but i think the 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 worlds that i think stand out still uh that you know i haven't obviously i'm still early in the game but what i remember really loving are the nightmare before christmas world yeah uh the hercules world i love because like you fight cloud and honestly again uh hot take i think cloud's (laughs) design in kingdom hearts is his coolest outfit yeah like i kind of wish you could play as kingdom hearts like my friend my roommate was saying um and my friend Was saying that he wishes you could play as Kingdom Hearts Cloud in Smash. In Smash, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the taped-up sword. Also, Lance Bass doing the voice of Sephiroth, but Sephiroth only going like,
0: ugh! (laughs) It's
1: like (laughs) my favorite casting choice of all time. Yeah, he has a lot more to do in the second game. So yeah, I think, so this is a series that I've said before that I've I've always really loved, but kind of been, like, not as into as other people. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think playing the first one again, I've honestly doubled down on this being one of my favorite games. Honestly, yeah, I think like it, I think it's an important game for people who like want to experience like what makes video games special. I think Kingdom Hearts would be like one of the ten games. I like say, play this if only for a little bit, yeah, just to kind of get like. I think that the first game, at least, you get the most, you get the strongest feeling of like why people have followed this franchise for so long Mm -hmm. it it has that pull to it it really does yeah and i mean it's just like it also covers a wide base because like if you're a big final fantasy fan you'll probably
0: like if you're a huge disney fan you will love it like yeah that's why i got the game initially because i had not played a final fantasy game before but i was like a huge disney person when i was that age i mean
1: the yeah. council of villains like the silhouette where you see like Jafar and Oogie Boogie and Maleficent like I love that yeah like, and also I just love Disney thinking villains.
0: about like where that story has gone since then like Kingdom Hearts 1 is the most parsable story of all of them like it makes so yeah. much sense it's just, it, okay it heartless it's it's a fucking uh strange being that exists uh I actually just forgot <laughs> Like heart heartless is explained in a way that makes sense. Like all of the Disney villains teaming up together, like is kind of a thing that makes sense. You know, it's before yeah. you get into Ansem and into Xehanort and into fucking organization 13 and all that kind of stuff. It's just like very kind of grounded. I mean, it's a very fun
1: fantasy move to have the final boss be someone you've never met. And yeah. suddenly like in the very beginning, when the first time you're in Travers town, Yuffie's like, Hey, have you heard of someone named Ansem? And the camera like zooms in on her face and like it's like time stops. And it's like, okay, at least like they say his name in the first hour of the game. (laughs) Cause like, yeah, yeah. There, there are some Final Fantasy bosses that like are more, uh, I guess like thematically important than like plot based, which you could talk about why that is. But yeah, I think you're right. I think the minute Anthem shows up, that's when like the, again, the door is open. Like the floodgates of lore get overly complicated. And like, I think that's kind of, and we'll get into that too later on of like, that is in a weird way, kind of the charm of the series. I mean, I think like, and that's also a very final fantasy thing of like half of these plots don't really make any sense, but Mm -hmm. like you're there, you're there to kind of get swept up in it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I honestly am really happy. I I'm playing the first one again. I definitely recommend getting this bundle, even though we don't know truly what's in it. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> evidence, I mean, if you want to get introduced to Kingdom Hearts, like there is no better place to start than by just buying this bundle.
1: Yeah. And it's it's a really I mean, especially if you want to play some of the, like the PSP ones, like the amount of money you would spend getting all those systems and getting all the games. like This is a really it's a it's a good deal.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people would argue, I think, that these are the three best games in the franchise anyway. Like a lot. Of, I think so. Most people that I know that have played all of them say that Birth by Sleep is the best one. Oh wow! Which like go play it? You know it's right there. It's it's in the yeah. same pack. So I'm excited to check that one out because like I truly that's the one I haven't played. So yeah, it is yeah. definitely the most buck wild in terms of like trying to explain <laughs> the story. Um, well, you play as Roxas, right? Or you play as Roxas's like weird clone? You you. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to not get too. Do you into play the lore. as Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If only. Uh, yeah. You, you play as uh, Ventus Terra and Aqua.
1: Oh right, the three original. I, three I know, builders
0: ten years before mm-hmm. the first game happens. Right, 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 right. Right. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that's when Zaynort is kind of uh, positioned as the big bad. The, it, this is when it becomes the Xehanort saga, as it's as it's called, which is interesting because now apparently kingdom hearts three is um being called the end of the xehanort saga but not the end of kingdom hearts so it's yeah, like it's almost uh, the like creator a dragon has, ball z saga right
1: the, the creator has said like this is not the end of the series yeah um which i'm happy to hear I, I think that like we could definitely use more of this type of game in the yeah, world i agree the last 13 years have felt empty Yeah, I I think the first one, if you've never played a Kingdom Hearts game, I think you can easily start there, which is a good feeling to have because I think there's a lot of series that I like where I'm like, I don't know if there's a good entry point. Like I feel like you just kind of missed it if you didn't play it when you were young. But I think Kingdom Hearts is still it's still a really good experience that if you wanted to jump on the bandwagon, you you and also again, the first game story is pretty concrete and pretty contained. If you play the first one, you're like, that's I'm fine. Yeah.
0: You'll get a good
1: catharsis from that
0: yeah definitely and there are enough quality of life improvements in this bundle that we're talking about specifically that make that game more playable than it would be if you went back and tried to play the ps2 version right now
1: right it rules yeah Yeah. i I, i'm really into it so i I, i've been really enjoying it now now i'm really excited to check out the other ones um yeah slowly but surely in no rush yeah so i'm trying to think
0: what what other worlds are in kingdom hearts one uh the peter pan world i remember being great
1: yeah it's been i haven't played that one truly since the game came out so like i remember being really swept up in like the whimsy of that one yeah um i really like the one where you you are partners with beast that one like that's, that's where the game, Action, really, right? yeah that's what yeah. the game really clicked for me I'm like this game that's where the sense of mystery is like really strong because like mm-hmm. it's not a beauty and the beast level yeah i don't think but beast is there and he's like He's easily the best party mate you get.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. So weird thing about me with that game is uh, my PS2 had a weird bug uh, in it, it manifested itself in strange ways. So for example, in the Jack and Daxter franchise, if I ever did the move where you jumped up and then pressed square to ground pound, uh, the entire game would freeze. Um, <laughs> and, and it happened in all three Jack and Daxter games, uh, which was especially weird. Yeah, um, what? so I played through all of the first game without realizing that that was a problem. Cause I never had to do that move at all. And then in the second game, it was part of the tutorial and you couldn't progress without doing it. Oh, so I just no. couldn't get past there. Um, and in kingdom hearts it manifested itself for some reason. Uh, by every time I was watching the intro cutscene for Hollow Bastion, my game would freeze and stop. Um, so that was as far as I ever got in that game. I've never played past that point. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, that's a great moment because spoiler alert, Sora briefly becomes a Heartless. Yes. And you, and that's actually where it feels like Hollow Knight you just play as a little Heartless like walking around mm-hmm. which I think sets up everything in two actually that one brief moment yes yeah. a, a lot of repercussions it does it's very interesting yeah um and that's also a cool moment too because like you at that point you've advanced so much that like you're then reduced to nothing before the end mm-hmm. um which is really interesting my uh you're saying games freezing my version of that was in my copy of Final Fantasy 8, which by the way, I've like people dunk on 8 I've taken a firm, never moving stance that 8 is a great game. I'm pro Final Fantasy 8. Yeah. I know this means nothing to you, but I'm just putting it out there. So uh, in Final Fantasy 8, near the end of the first disc, because that game was four CDs. Uh, right. Right before one of the characters is about to assassinate a sorceress, he starts to chicken out. And that's where the game froze for me, which is kind of very thematically mm-hmm. on point. Um, it like zoomed into the clock. And it froze, and I remember like looking up whatever bullshit site online in like the late nineties. I was like, "How do you get past this?" And like, no one had that question because everyone else just got to experience the game. Yeah, but yeah, I never got. I then borrowed a friend's copy of the game and like played later. I think I think most people have issue with that game in the later stages so I had a blast with the first disc over and over (laughs) again
0: (laughs) um so yeah well I I just remember I remember playing Kingdom Hearts one and stopping at that point because I could I literally could not progress any further and I was like that game was fucking great like I I didn't get to see the end until way later I think before two came out but I was like that game was great like I enjoyed all you're pretty close though
1: you're pretty close to the ending there I think you had to fight like Maleficent and then Ansem and then Ansem and then that's it yeah also i was wondering too in terms of like the lore because in the very beginning there's that door in destiny islands Mm -hmm. and uh there's a cloaked figure who's like you understand nothing the door is now open i was like oh is that a member of organization 13 because like that's same fashion i don't Mm -hmm. really know i'm sure i'm sure it has been either debunked or proven at this point several times over but
0: yes i was wondering that 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 was foreshadowing that is a that is a member of organization 13 Yes. Oh, okay. You're um, like Steven, I know I, I be- the truth. Yeah. I watched an hour long um, <laughs> explainer of the entire kingdom hearts franchise yesterday, uh, which was fun and good just in preparation for this episode. Um, yeah, I, I believe that that is Ansem. Um, Oh shit. The like organization 13 version of Ansem. Uh, which is different than the one you fight at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, which is very interesting. You fight
1: Ansem's Heartless at the end of, mm-hmm. of Kingdom yeah, Hearts 1. Yeah, you fight 1. the
0: Heartless of Ansem the Wise uh, in in Kingdom Hearts 1. Which and was- the
1: Ansem in the organization is his nobody, basically.
0: Yes, uh, and both of them uh, are actually not related to Ansem the Wise... Uh, they're related to Xehanort who is the actual big bad of the whole franchise so, so I remember he becomes the... a heartless and a nobody and both the heartless and the nobody decide to take the names Ansem instead of Xehanort to kind of hide mm. Xehanort's true identity I
1: remember hearing that like there were more Ansoms from my friend Josh who's like a huge fan, Josh if you're listening, hello Yeah. and I threw something at the wall <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think I, th- I threw- not actually but like, I just remember being like that I can't keep up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but honestly there's a part of me that there's a part of me that like almost likes not knowing everything I, I had this thing with uh with star trek where like i don't ever want to have seen every episode of next generation yeah i like that's where i'm that at I also weirdly yeah, yeah it, weird uh, we have a lot of shared uh <laughs> like very specific things yeah what a,
0: what a um, weird bias for both of us to have
1: yeah really. <laughs> But I like being like okay, like th- th- I just I don't want to ever be like oh I finished it. Like I always want there to be something else new to experience. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm like a huge Star Trek fan, but like that's a show that I love. Like sometimes putting on in the background and like same, you yeah. know, there's always like a new vibe. And with kind of hard is like I always want to be. I always want to be pissed off by somebody. <laughs> like, I always want to be challenged and pissed off in a fun way. Like I'm not, I'm truly not angry at all, but like, yeah. I'm just like, come on.
0: Like I thought I had a grasp on this. Yeah. Um, still having watched that hour long explainer, like I don't know everything still. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of plot in that game that is still like completely left in the dark for me. Like I have no idea what happens to chain of memories really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but all that being said, like, I think one is great. I would highly recommend it to some newcomers of the series and for longtime fans, it still is a great game. Yeah. And I'm really happy to report that because I, I kind of expected it to be like, eh, it's kind of like good for the time moving on, mm-hmm. but like, it's still rad. I feel like I'm playing a new game sometimes when it's, when it's truly working, it feels like a a fresh experience,
0: yeah. Then you get to Little Mermaid world, and you're like, "Okay, back in 2001, here we are." <laughs> I'm having that experience with two right now, minus the I, I have no ill will at all towards that game at the moment, which is wild. Uh, oh wow! And I, maybe we take a break, we come back, and we talk about two a bit.
1: Yeah, that absolutely, that works for me. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the gummy ship is a nightmare. But other than that, uh in the first you know, game, Hearts in the second
0: it's game, it's great. We can talk about
1: the it. Second game, it's great. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, the first game, it's like the the tutorial Chip and Dale give me. I remember being overwhelmed by it as a child, as a baby. Yeah. But now I'm a, now I'm a fully adult person and I'm like, what the f- chip slow the hell down? Like, what is this? Like you need an engine and a cockpit, but like if you push R1, you could see like the metaphysical dimensions of it mm-hmm. and it's never worth it. Yeah. Like it's never like you just go through and it's like shitty Star Fox for 20 minutes. Like why can't, what is this? Yeah. I feel like they had a game long around it. Like, well, we can't scrap it. I'm gonna just throw it in the middle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, give me the lore of like, why do, why do Chip and Dale have an interdimensional spaceship? I don't need to know why, but I want to know the details because we mm-hmm. get details for everything else. Yeah.
0: Anyway, moving yeah, we, on. We, we've had 13 games of lore and not once have they explained how Chip and Dale learned how to build spaceships that can travel through space time. <laughs> like, give
1: me the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy of Chip and Dale in their, in their ship. That's yeah. what I want not like like advanced physics minecraft making a ship that doesn't
0: matter um all right let's take a break i feel like we're getting a little bit too close to like asking why goofy is a knight and donald is a mage and like once you ask those questions kingdom hearts breaks like it just it just shatters i'm in never
1: i'm never one like i if, if you've learned anything in this podcast like i am totally down to get swept up in the whimsy and not ask any questions yes except when it's like if if the whimsy leads to a boring like i'm watching a powerpoint of nothing experience which is the gummy ship and mm-hmm. i'm like give me answers why is this here yeah um so anyway yeah gummy ship true nightmare although people have made some really cool stuff in it but it's just like it's not worth it it's just not worth it yeah anyway let's take a break let's <laughs> my take harsh, let's my harsh my harsh gummy ship take in <laughs> twenty <2018. laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 they're gonna cancel kingdom hearts 3 because of your gummy ship take <laughs> yeah all right see you in a bit goodbye
1: it's kind of like smash brothers where it's like more of an event at this point. Yeah, of like, it is. It's like, Oh wow. It's finally here. Yeah. Um, so, and also the good news too is if it is truly not the last game now, we just know they're back into making more of these games and that's an awesome thing.
0: Yeah. So I think when this game sells a ridiculous amount, square is going to be like, why weren't we doing this earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So hooray. Hooray also there are no other like weird side platforms that they can release kingdom hearts games on anymore you know what i mean like that's kind of sad it could i well no i think that's great it either means that like you're going to get them for the main three or the main two consoles right you're either going to get them for ps4 or xbox or you're going to get it for switch which like i was
1: about to say i could see the like spin-off
0: titles being switch exclusives yeah like me too
1: you know kingdom hearts three and four will be on ps4 and then like Jiminy Cricket's steps in the in the rivers of of time will be on switch uh (laughs) yeah Simba Simba Xehanort saga will be on switch Uh uh-huh yeah Hades extinguished Hades doused (laughs) Hades doused I love that where's my hair Um, (laughs) that's just a movie I'm like oh my god oh my god where's my hair yeah Brendan uh I'd love to hear about Kingdom Hearts 2 which uh Fun fact I
0: think is one of your like favorite games ever right it is it's up there probably top five I would say I I am too afraid to ever actually create that top five but uh right it's it yeah it's it's an ever-changing thing and it's hard to really pinpoint there's probably 15 games in my top five you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm the same way (laughs) but yeah Kingdom Hearts 2 um it opens with the lines I have them I brought them up here a scattered dream that's like a far off memory dot 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 a far off memory that's like a scattered dream which like (laughs) that sums up the series i was just that's what i was gonna say it is like there's no better way of just encapsulating kingdom hearts's lore (laughs) in two sentences there's like an instant sense of nostalgia given
1: like the the material that composes the universe that it's always kind of like it's like your your attachments to music is like what you were going through in your life at the time Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. and I feel like kingdom hearts one being so many people's gateway into uh, arguably video games and RPGs and two being composed of like basically childhood memories in one way or the other Mm -hmm. is, is kind of a brilliant and interesting.
0: Yeah. You were talking earlier about, um, about playing Final Fantasy 7 and that kind of like changing who you are as a person and like being a yeah. huge uh, impact on who you grew into. And I think Kingdom Hearts 2 more than the first kind of solidified that for me because net, never never in my time playing a game up until that point had I been so swept up in not not the story, but a thing I bring up on this podcast constantly. And this was the first time I felt it. So it was like the crystallization of it, but like the vibe of the game. The, the um, emotional aesthetic that they were going for, I think, is so perfectly captured in Kingdom Hearts 2. Th- that game opens with you playing not as Sora, which is, like, wild. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you start as Roxas, um, who is a character that had not been introduced until this point. And you are, similar to the first game, just kind of running around the town that he lives in called Twilight Town. Just kind of running errands with your friends, trying to do, like, odd jobs to make enough money so you can go buy some pretzels. which is great like you're you're just like hanging out It's, it's the last i think it's the last seven days of summer vacation before you have to go back to school and you and your friends are just trying to like live it up the best way that you possibly can with no money and and that like kind of manifests itself by you like delivering mail for people and like killing bees that are like infesting a food shop in your town which is which is very interesting and as you're experiencing all of this roxas starts kind of just like having some very strange, almost, like, paranormal experiences uh, where, like, sometimes certain words just won't work when people try and say them out loud or entire, like, the entire town will, like, freeze in place and you'll see a nobody Mm. for the first time um, or people in strange black cloaks will appear momentarily and then disappear just as quickly as they showed up. It's a very, like, disconcerting and strange way of starting that game, but I think also kind of encapsulates what I love about Kingdom Hearts is overall tone more than anything else that they've ever done, which is like this strange sense of, of nostalgia being swept up in, in like the grandioseness of like life as a whole. Cause I feel like yeah. Kingdom Hearts is constantly exploring like what it means to grow up and, and how that, how that experience is different for different people. Like Sora is literally just trying to be a better version of himself. Riku is literally fighting against himself at all times. Uh, Kyrie is kind of like, Coming into her own uh, with this, like, strange weight and this added pressure of, like, universal destiny. Like, she needs to become this thing but, like, doesn't know if she has it in her. And and I think starting Kingdom Hearts 2 in Twilight Town removed from all of that, just, like, being a kid hanging out with your friends is, like, this is your last chance to do this before something bigger is happening. And I and I love that. I always... So-
1: yeah, I, I, I really resonate with what you're saying. And I think both the beginning on Destiny Island in uh Kingdom Hearts One where the Heartless attack and it gets destroyed. Yeah. And even more so in uh Traverse Town in and two. Um I remember the train being a big deal in that in that world and like again, like things kind of blipping in and out of existence. Mm-hmm. And you realize the town itself is basically not real in a conventional sense. Yeah. I remember playing that game in uh kind of like you know people who were born around the time we were like in the early 90s we kind of grew up with these characters in a way like sora was probably 11 or 12 when when that game came out and i played kingdom hearts 2 this summer uh when i was 16 i was a camp counselor Mm. um and i was in like some shitty musical and i (laughs) my whole day was was working and rehearsing and then i would come home and play kingdom hearts 2 and like Your whole life as as like a younger person, especially in the summer, I remember someone once said this is kind of corny, but I'm into corny stuff. Someone said that August is the Sunday night of summer where like Mm, there's this there's this calming sense of serene calm and like that this is like a truer moment than than normal when your whole day is scheduled up but there's this kind of undercurrent of anxiety and of like, this is going to end before we're prepared for it Mm too, And that's kind of growing up. It's like, this feels like forever in the day-to-day moments, but it's going to end so quickly and none of us are prepared for that. And I think that both Mystery Island getting consumed and Traverse Town even more so getting uh, blipping out of reality as if it never happened and exists as a memory Touches on that, even if the dialogue and the story don't necessarily do that, feeling is so intentional, and you get that so strongly yeah. from that game.
0: I, I just really wanted to hone in on on Twilight Town and that whole experience because I feel like Twilight Town, Traverse Town's uh, where Leon it, hangs out. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> okay. People people understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I just wanted to hone in on that because I feel like so often in discussions about Kingdom Hearts two, people kind of like dunk on that opening because like it takes so long and all that. I feel like that section of the game being as long as it is is intentional in that it makes you forget that you're playing kingdom hearts at a certain point it makes you forget what you bought that game for like you are just living roxas's life and you get so settled into it that when it all gets taken away from you and roxas ceases to exist as a as a being as an entity you're like holy shit that, that, there's like such a weight to the way that ends when you fight Axel right before you find out that you just exist to help Sora get his memories back and that's it. And all that time that you just spent living your last days of summer, the whole life that preceded that, that you didn't even get to play as, but Roxas like can't remember, like all of that just existed so you can continue playing Kingdom Hearts is like wild. I think that that reveal is fascinating. We were,
1: we yeah. were talking about like in movies how sometimes like, because of the limited time they have, they, there's a pitfall in a lot of movies is like them, the movie itself telling you that a relationship is important without you actually feeling it. Yes. And I think that in, uh, in kingdom hearts two, the fact that you do have this seemingly mundane time with Roxas and I haven't played it. So like, I haven't played it recently so like I do remember enjoying that time quite a bit especially because there's a lot of Final Fantasy cameos that I was like oh there's Vivi there's Mm -hmm. uh, Cypher that piece of shit Um, (laughs) uh, it does kind of lull you into a sense of security that is robbed from you and I think that it's all the more powerful because like to these kids this is just another day they're hanging out eating ice cream trying just to kill the time. And it's so much more tragic because of that, rather than them being like, this is the best day of my life. I love you so much. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know what, what, what was that? But, uh, it's not calling attention to it being important, but it's important to you as a player. Mm-hmm. I think of a, I always talk about undertale on the show, but I think of undertale too, where like those characters are so beloved and you grow so fond of them because you had these seemingly mundane moments with them. Yeah. Going to a bar with sands and ordering ketchup mm-hmm. and like, ketchup and fries and uh you know trying to learn how to cook with undine and she's like throwing spears at a piano like yeah it's these just organic moments that 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 mean the world as a player because you're getting immersed in it yeah um and i do think that regardless of i guess specific takes on the the roxas intro of maybe being like a little long or a little tedious gameplay wise it, it it definitely immerses you in his life
0: yeah and talking about what what the medium specifically can provide that other mediums can't you know, like setting knowing that you're sitting down to play like a sixty to eighty hour long video game and that the first like maybe two to three hours are going to be just you hanging out with your friends in Twilight Town, like you are not afforded that time in a movie or in a TV show.
1: I think it also gives you some insight into the animosity some of the villains have for Sora. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a common thread in a lot of fiction, especially in fantasy, of demons. Like I think in Dragon Age specifically, uh demons are spirits that want to be mortal Mm -hmm. they're like so jealous of being alive that they become these monsters yeah and i think like i don't know enough about nobody lore to really know if this is true but i imagine that there is a sense of animosity of like you are you are alive,
0: and you are your own self. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like a, a, no, a nobody. Jealousy. Yeah, a nobody is a being born of of being like stripped from life in a way. Like it it, it yeah. is it is sentient death in a weird like horrific way. And and they just they just want to be whole again. They're literally like trying to fill a void. Um, And and that what's what's interesting about Kingdom Hearts two's lore without getting too deep into it is that version of Organization 13 that exists. There's like a lot of animosity, not only towards the living, but towards each other. And like some characters are getting closer to becoming whole than others. So like that weirdly, like sows the seeds of, of, um, of hatred amongst their own crew, um, and a lot of them hate Roxas specifically because he ends up getting closest and then becoming whole again by meeting up with mm-hmm. Sora, which is fascinating um, and, and kind of sets the stage for Kingdom Hearts 3 in a way that maybe we can talk about later. Um. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a long, just like the opening of Kingdom Hearts too. That was a very long, drawn out. No, but I think it's important.
1: I think it's important. I think it's also your association with it. You know. Yeah. Like I think that that's if the game was just beating up like Pete from Steamboat Willie, I don't think you'd be talking about it as much.
0: Right. And what happens immediately after the Roxas and Sora, after the Roxas bit in the beginning is you meet Pete as Sora. So like (laughs) you get right into it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, I remember to being, uh, I remember the world's moving a lot quicker, Mm -hmm. some of which felt a little bit more shallow because of that. Mm. Um, And that kind of goes into the time spent somewhere. Like I think, for better or for worse in Kingdom Hearts One, the worlds are are hit or miss, but I think you always feel a sense of scale and a sense of like a new environment because of the time you spend on them. Yeah. Um, whereas in two, it feels a little like I remember being a little like I love the Mulan world, but I remember that going by pretty quickly. Yeah. Um being like, oh, that was kind of fast. And I love like the two worlds that I will always remember that are like my favorite worlds in the series are the Steamboat Willie world and the Tron world. Like mm-hmm. I love those those worlds so much, um, yeah. The like cuphead aesthetic of Sea Willy Willie and like Sora looking like he's in Speed Racer. Like I love how they change the flair of the three main characters, regard uh, depending on where you are. Yeah,
0: and they they definitely experiment more in two than they did in one with yeah, Willy, so. with like um the lion king world for example like you all yeah. becoming animals and running around like Sora holds the keyblade in his mouth as he's like running around as a little lion cub like it's hilarious it's really good
1: I'm looking forward to that in three like with you know the toy story world you're all like action figures basically yeah um, monsters so Inc. where like, you're all monsters like it's awesome yeah so I'm looking forward to that um and I think like more than a singular world I think that the appeal of that is the variety in a way mm-hmm. um and uh in how like these goofy things are are given the same weight as the Final Fantasy stuff. Yeah, I'll never forget the most dramatic, simultaneously funniest scene in video game history is when Goofy gets hit in the head with a rock and dies, and Sora <laughs> and dies, and Sora and the cast of FF Seven fight a thousand heartless, mm-hmm. and then Goofy's like, oh, "I'm fine." Yeah, <laughs> unreal. I love that. Yeah. Honestly, I can't. Also, think of a better like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to join Sora on this quest than <laughs> than Donald and Goofy. Yeah, um, I rare I rarely switch out them when I go to a new planet because you get like. Every world has their own party member you can put into the party, but in place of either Donald or Goofy.
0: Yeah. And in two, and it's I kind just, of almost discouraged to have that person in your party because you lose out on using the extra forms that you get where you can wield two keyblades and have all these extra powers and stuff.
1: I definitely did it, though, when Aaron showed up in hell, I was like, this is too cool to not. Yeah, that's Aaron.
0: literally the point I just got to in my playthrough right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is maybe my fourth or fifth time playing this game. Which, oh, wow. which is wild to me it's a game that i uh, have found myself going back to similar to how i watch star Trek: next generation which is weird that it's coming up for a second time yeah. um unconscious but, but uh kingdom hearts 2 is a game that i find myself going back to in like kind of rougher moments of my life and now is not one of them but you know we're just talking about it because 3 is about to come out but whenever like things get a little like unsettled on my end i tend to go back and play kingdom hearts 2 because i i feel such a strong emotional weight and attachment with that game that it kind of takes yeah. me back to when it first came out and it was like the summer uh, and and my friends would come over and we'd all hang out and just like play it and explore new places and a, a weird thing about that game also it's the first game that I ever completely finished like I got 100% I, I got every synthesis item unlocked every keyblade like got all the endings <laughs> fought Sephiroth um, the whole like Everything wow. that you can do in that game, I did. And that was the first time I'd ever felt compelled to do that because when it when the game ended, like when the main story ended and I saw the first ending, I was like, I'm, I'm not giving this up. Like, I'm not done here. Yeah. And and continued. Just I remember going on GameFacts.com and, and being like, <laughs> what else is there to do? How do I do this? How do I get this item that I need so I can craft this keyblade? Because I'd never synthesized anything throughout the entire game. I didn't even know what Moogles were for the first time that I played it. Um, but I was like, no, I'm I'm doing this. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting to go back to the game now and just kind of fly through it. Like, I'm skipping a lot of cutscenes just so I could mm. like, see as much as possible in a short amount of time before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. But it, it's interesting how even without the cutscenes, you still feel you still feel that vibe in the game. You still yeah. feel that nostalgia and, and that weight. And it's interesting because, like, the nostalgia doesn't even come from me having played the game in the past. The nostalgia is, like, inherent in that game. Like, the first yeah. time you play it, you will feel like you've played it before. Yeah, no, the, it, it has
1: that like and that's what i meant uh i kind of touched on that a little earlier with like this this game feeling like a product of alchemy where it's like yeah it just has that it, it pulls you in i i think that's a testament to why it is so popular and why so many people like started their journey into games with this with this series yeah it does have i think a lot of great art has that kind of sense of instant nostalgia where it's like mm-hmm. i feel like i've been here before yeah you know it's it's like uh how you are naturally kind of drawn to certain people in your life you have friends that like maybe exhibit like weird unconscious traits, like not watching all of Star Trek. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, But I know what you're saying. And, and I think that I'm really excited to play two. talk about like innocence and childhood Rob from you. My friend who never gave this game back to me. Uh, I'm really excited. Am I just your nobody? I think that's what's happening here. Yeah, that's, that's possibly it. But, uh, I'm really excited to play two Once I, I will probably try to finish one. I feel compelled to do that. Yeah. I don't really need to play them like in. I don't need to play all of them before three comes out. I'm happy to dive into three and like see what it's all
0: about. Yeah, I'm Um, the same way. uh, I do want to finish two now though, because I I keep I keep having moments playing two where I'm like, I can't believe how good this game is still. Even having played as many times as I have, like it holds up so well that combat is so tight once you start to unlock more abilities it is extremely fun what form do you use the most of the like of of the drive forms that you're talking about yeah uh well the only one i have right now is valor but by the end i mean you get the like god level like super (laughs) saiyan shit you know and then you have ultimate and oblivion in each hand and you're like there's nothing that can defeat me
1: (laughs) yeah i do love how the keyblade design is just awesome i uh I like that in the third game in the pirate world, the keyblade has like a, like a pirate, like captain's wheel. Oh, it's it? like the edge of the key. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, can't wait for the pirates of the Caribbean three world. Yeah. In- at world's <laughs> end.
0: Everyone's favorite pirates of the Caribbean. Movie. That's where
1: you can tell this game was like started development in 2007. Yeah. To,
0: okay. Yeah. Um,
1: though I'm on like from the footage in E3, that looks like one of the more compelling worlds, honestly. Yeah, it uh, does. With, like, it looks really interesting on the ship. Yeah um i'm excited i also think like having playing the older ones i also feel like now for me and i know i'm probably very much alone on this for me there's less pressure on three to be this like incredible event because i feel like there's truly so much gold that's already been made Mm -hmm. in a way like i feel like there's some series where it's like oh man like this is great at the time but it's not really playable now and i really wish they will make a new one that kind of captures that but like on today's scale and I feel like one and two at their best really do feel like they can compete with today's like content in
0: a way they super do um, yeah like if you had released Kingdom Hearts 2 as is right now like that game would still fucking yeah destroy like it's so and good I,
1: I have enough confidence in 3 that I think it will it will definitely play well I mean it's most of the people who worked on it were the people who worked on Final Fantasy 15 which is <laughs> why it was delayed for so long or partially yeah. why and like I haven't played fifteen, but I know that that game plays exceptionally well. It um, does at yeah. least, at least on a level that translates to Kingdom Hearts, where like you're flying around and and yeah. hitting things. That was know? why I um, picked up
0: Final Fantasy fifteen, having really not played any of the other ones. Was like, oh, that, yeah. that's just Kingdom Hearts combat, but in Final Fantasy, like now is my time to right. check this franchise out. um And, and I think Nier Automata,
1: Nier Automata, kind of has a similar vibe of like the sort of real time RPG mechanics. Absolutely. Um, so. I think mean, that's still very much prevalent. You, you play certain games that have s- had such a profound influence on the medium that that uh, when they come back, it's like nothing changed. Yeah, I was thinking of Resident Evil Four. Like I was playing the new God of War, and like I'm like again, Resident Evil Four should get twenty cents every time someone does the over the shoulder third person fixed <laughs> camera because like that is still such a good way to do it for this type of action game. Yeah, um, and same thing, Kingdom Hearts. I think definitely revolutionized how you can take the aesthetic and the, and the flavor and the like backseat mechanics of final fantasy, but have it be a real time experience. That's, that's just more accessible for people that because I, I, as someone who likes turn-based combat, I am fully aware it is like the cilantro of game mechanics. We're just like inherently (laughs) someone will either love it or it will taste like soap to them. Yeah. It's not in your control. I happen to be a fan of both cilantro and turn-based combat. Mm -hmm. Um, But I digress. Uh, I know that this is a way more appealing
0: system. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, it fucking rules. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, both incredible games in an incredible franchise that has somehow gotten away from itself. (laughs) I'm really happy to revisit, especially because it's a bit
1: of a slower month and, and like a lot of the games that are like directly on our radar aren't really going to come out for a while. So, other than Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. do you want to take a break and then come back and talk about Kingdom Hearts three a bit more? I absolutely do. I absolutely do Cause I think I think it would be cool to talk about like our own kind of projections and what we'd like to see, and also maybe just like how how it fits into today. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot to explore there. Let's do that.
0: I think so as well. Okay. Uh, see you in a bit. Yeah. See you soon, everyone. Yeah, I did forget how heartless are created uh, during this episode. <laughs> so. Yo,
1: the plot of Kingdom Hearts one is really simple. The heartless are oh. <laughs> what are their, um, their manifestations well in the beginning in the dream sequence it says um the stronger the closer you are to the light the bigger your shadow is just kind of like you know questions the more ambition Sora exhibits, is it's sort of like the more Jimmy threats there are but like why give up when you're um, so close is it something that's even attainable um, though or are you actually creating more hardship the more you strive for something that's kind of beyond yourself the questions that that's worth that's asking so as the narrative continues Xehanort is basically Jiminy Cricket's evil side, side reflection um, oh my god Brendan left his desk brendan next week kingdom hearts 3 comes out let's let's look at the future what's ahead of us we've been looking at the
0: past we got to grow up um, <laughs> a quick thing the game is out in japan the review embargo is up in the united states there are like right videos out there there's reviews out there have you read any reviews i've read a couple and i kind of stopped myself
1: because i kind of want to go in like without a preconceived notion of the game i already have i mean i i am someone who has been excited for this game but has not been actively waiting so i think as we've discussed 13 years of build-up yeah like there's gonna be a lot of kind of preconceived notions inherently in the fan base yeah but i read i read uh i read a couple of reviews and i stopped midway through the second and
0: mm. uh that's where i'm at yeah uh yeah as somebody who bought a ps3 to play this game and then a ps4 and now has a ps4 pro Um, I feel like, and I've mentioned this on the show multiple times, like I won't believe that this game is out until I am watching the credits roll. Like that's, that's (laughs) kind of still where I'm at, like a couple days out, but I've read a couple reviews, but the one that has stuck with me the most isn't even a review. It's a video that Kotaku put out that was basically like kingdom hearts three is the first unreviewable video game. It's like, (laughs) it's, it's like the equivalent of saying like, I'm going to turn catcher in the rye into a movie. Like that's never, ever going to happen and right. succeed on any level i yeah. feel like trying to review kingdom hearts 3 is like saying this is how i feel about kingdom hearts 3 and literally that's it it's like you, you can't mm-hmm. like you can't lobby i mean you can't hit that game with any objective criticism at all like th- that's impossible not to say that reviews mm-hmm. have to be objective that's that's fucked up but like i i think there is so much buildup, so much emotional tension and weight any review that you're gonna read Because most of them are being written by people who, like me at least, have been waiting for this game since the moments the credits rolled in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. That, like, reading reviews to me is just like. Did this person specifically get what they wanted out of it? And mm-hmm. I think the best reviews are those that kind of mention that upfront and say, like, this is what I wanted out of this game and this is what I got or this is what I didn't get. Uh, mm-hmm. And from what I've read so far, it seems like most of the people who disliked the game disliked it for reasons that I won't care about. And most okay. of the people who like it are people who liked it for reasons that I do care about um, yeah. which has made me optimistic but that said like who knows who knows what's gonna happen I, I'm gonna play it yeah. and, it's, and it's gonna feel a certain kind of way but like just to kind of like hone in on a little bit more without like mentioning any reviews specifically but like the things that I like about this franchise are not a cohesive story you know like I I'm not <laughs> I'm not in it I don't think anyone needs that or anyone looks for that in this series a lot know? of people do there are like lore masters of Kingdom Hearts that can tell you anything the same way you know some but he has memorized the entire to bring up star trek again there's people who have memorized like the entire star trek wikipedia give me a star trek world give me <laughs> a whole kingdom hearts world where sword has to sit in a
1: chair and debate Worf. <laughs> I want, that's what I want um Riker is yeah. a
0: summon who goes this plays the trombone uh, Riker with or without beard is a summon oh beard yeah I just, did you know that well I'm just fucking Pirates of the Caribbean 3 is in this world who knows I mean it's in this game that's true I imagine that they could pick on bearded Riker, Riker, beard. Riker yeah. summit
1: yeah did you know
0: just real quick
1: did you know that the phrase growing the beard is the opposite of jump the shark is it really because apparently so Star Trek next generation like according to many fans really found its voice as a series when Riker started to have a beard yeah like the first the early seasons are are commonly dismissed as like not as good as the later ones so that is like, if a show is finding its voice, yeah. uh, a colloquial phrase is you're growing the beard. That's amazing. Um, I've not heard that said by anyone but me. And when I read it online, but <laughs> I I like it. I like its existence. No, I like it so too. I, I'm going to start I working that right into
0: my vernacular. Thank you for yeah. bringing it to me. You're growing the beard. What are we even talking about? Um, Kingdom Hearts
1: Lore Masters. Oh, right. Those, <laughs> I- <laughs> my favorite card game. My favorite electronic card game uh okay i use one of my hearts to play a heartless uh, this is my heartless deck um when it comes into play uh target player loses one health um now that does give me the ability to either discard one card or draw one from your deck i'm hoping it is a uh, coherent uh yes here we go okay i'm gonna play leon uh, which lets me draw two more cards let's see who i get ursula's revenge target player must sing a song from little mermaid if it is out of key you win the game under the scene i win <laughs> wow lore masters coming to mobile
0: tomorrow should we end the episode now i mean i feel like anything <laughs> we say is gonna be worse no no i think there's plenty did. more
1: I, <laughs> I think there's plenty more to talk about
0: than my fake kingdom hearts <laughs> mobile card game brendan okay i think we could do better um oh we were talking about what people want <laughs> Sorry, I'm like suddenly very giggly. Let's no, no, no. That's, that's a good place to be. We are recording an entertainment podcast. Did I tell you I was never mind. No, what? I
1: uh <laughs> I was thinking about the council of uh of the Disney villains in Kingdom Hearts One. Yes. And how like there was a reality where I was almost cast in a like children's production A Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. And I just wonder who I would have been in that world. I I kind of see myself as the weird mayor with two faces. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have a lot of I'm often typecast as like confused monarchs. Honestly, yeah. like I don't really know. I know why. But yeah, that would be such a fun show to be. in. I was just thinking about that. And I realized I had no context of the show, but I was just <laughs> I think you
0: would be a good jack. I think you could pull it off. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Anywho. Yeah. So I, th- I think a lot of people who are playing this game to get a cohesive ending to the story Uh, Or to this saga, the Xehanort saga, as it's being called, Mm -hmm. it seems like those people are not going to be like super stoked about it. But I'm going in (sighs) specifically to feel a vibe to experience those mechanics, which it seems like they've added more on top of. Um, There's this thing, I think it's called flow motion, where like there are certain elements in the environment that if you press a certain button uh, near them, you will interact with it mid combat and like use oh, cool. the environment to your advantage to yeah. like whack a whole bunch of heartless, which is cool. Yeah. I want to see some cool worlds, which it seems like there's a whole bunch of, and yeah. also just like the, the visual fidelity of the game is amazing. I watched just 10. I gave myself 10 minutes. I watched 10 minutes of um somebody playing through the Olympus world yesterday mm. and like Hercules, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that game in the unreal engine is ridiculous like it is beautiful so i don't know i'm i'm i think i'm gonna get what i want out of it you know what i mean like i think i'm gonna i'm gonna feel the things i want to feel i'm gonna be like weirded out to be experiencing new kingdom hearts in 2019 yeah that's kind of where i'm at like i my expectations aren't like through the roof i just kind of want more kingdom hearts and that's what i'm getting it seems
1: and that's i think my because like I I was getting the third one kind of kind of out of like a neutral mindset. Um, before I revisited the series, now that I see like what what a strong base even the first game set up. Yeah, I feel like as long like honestly, even if it's kind of like more of the same, I think that it will succeed on that level. Yeah, I think it's only because it's been so long that like again, if also people have done the like spelunking into lore, uh, to like kind of make a a coherent. Web out of everything the game is set up, like if they've put in that work over over a decade, they basically did what Ansem did for the Heartless and like went insane. Yeah, you know, right? Um, They made again. It's 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 similar, and I think in a way to a series like Star Wars, where there's like a long period of time before each trilogy, so there are certain sections of the fan base that go in with very specific expectations, Mm -hmm. and when those aren't met, they're you know, and that I mean that goes into like. Some a pretty problematic territory as well with, with yeah. recent endeavors.
0: But it's just, like, yeah, it's just a commentary on fandom as a whole, which like I feel like you and I could talk about for an entire episode also if we wanted to, but right. probably should not. And it's
1: hard, exactly it's hard. It's hard <laughs> yeah, we should probably not do that. But I think that it's only human to to expect to have your own expectations set for a series that you love. Yeah. So. I think that there's definitely, uh, with Kingdom Hearts 3 in particular, there's, there's, validity, there's validity to being let down, if only because of the long pause. Because that's the thing about this game is that, like, this is not a game that has been worked on for 13 years. Yeah. It's a game that has been delayed pretty frequently. Not to undermine the work that has been put in it, because I'm sure that's, like, extraordinary. Yeah. But it's sort of like the weight doesn't equal, like, it wasn't a purposeful weight. Right. Whereas um, I think with a lot of, I mean, Disney has the ability to do this with like the Marvel movies and the star Wars movies. They pretty much have mathematical breaks between, between movies, Yeah, you know? Um, so like that's kind of purposeful. Like, we're going to give you a year to get hyped for the new star Wars movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas like no one at square is like, we're going to give you 13 years of deserved hype for this Uh, new game. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. And I I think nowhere is that more evidence than the inclusion of the Pirates of the Caribbean three world, you know, like (laughs) the game has been in some form of development for an extremely long period of time. Yeah. Sora's like has a zoom and he's like jamming to uh, the new (laughs) arcade fire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite song is neon Bible. I think, you know, I know it's a title (laughs) track, but
1: have you played that new game? (laughs) Yeah. There it is. I love how 2007 is <laughs> like our golden year. It's like Oblivion was out. The mm-hmm. Zune was the Zune wasn't even out. I think the Zune was just like 2010 or something. Super
0: Mario Galaxy uh, one was 2007. Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Bioshock came out that year as well. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, 2007 um, was a good year. It was.
1: All right. Well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean the whole the whole talk on fandom like. At the end of the day, it really like I think what you and I believe and what I think, you know, most of believe is like if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I think like, yeah, there's no thinking less of anybody for liking something and, and you know, vice versa. Um, I agree. So I think that like I think that based on what we look for in the series, like you said, you look for sort of like the vibe of the brand almost. Yeah living in that world for a bit you talked about Dragon Ball Super which I think also Dragon Ball is a series that is kind of beyond review it's like yeah what are you doing reviewing Dragon Ball it, it so is what it is and there's nothing like it yeah and as much as Kingdom Hearts is like a composition of all these other series there really is nothing like it there, there truly isn't right um, there, there's not a Final Fantasy game that captures the spirit there's not a Disney movie that captures the spirit it really is something different mm-hmm. um, it, it has become more than a sum of its parts Uh, and i think that i'm optimistic the third game will at least hit a lot of surface level stuff which i think for a series this special is almost enough
0: yeah Um, i agree i think if this game had come out even five years ago i would have felt differently you know if the wait had been eight years instead of 13 like i i would probably still have like some modicum of emotion attached to expectation yeah but at this point it's been so long that like I'm just going to let it kind of wash over me and whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah,
1: uh, when you said wash over, it reminded me that rides are attacks in this game, which I can't get over.
0: <laughs> yeah, what was your tweet about that? Oh, uh,
1: Spaceship Earth being an attack. Yes. Where you just like... Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Where, um, where
0: Judy Dench just kind of like talks about <laughs>
1: Michelangelo for 45 minutes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think you and I are on Spaceship Earth secretly, but we're stuck in 2007. Like we're just stuck, where. <laughs> Bethesda's like we made a new game it's Oblivion and it's like animatronic Bethesda giving us Oblivion
0: yeah wow animatronics I think are a great way of describing the character models in Oblivion not that we we can't talk about Oblivion (laughs) We can't, can't. Um, (laughs) but yeah yeah. there's I think Splash Mountain is one of the attacks
1: so like Sora Donald and Goofy just jump in Splash Mountain and that like hits really oh my god I saw
0: that the teacups were I I haven't seen anything else yeah I've heard that like in the reviews I've
1: read that like that is kind of the novelty where like you see the same animation over and over again. And that can kind of, it's weird. Cause I feel like in a lot of RPGs, like seeing the same animation over and over again, can get a bit tired and hearing the same battle music can get a bit tired. Yeah. The one series that somehow gets it right, even though they are li- literally doing the same thing over and over again is persona five with the all out attacks mm-hmm. where everyone zips around and like that battle theme being the same for all 80 hours. Yeah. Somehow really works. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how Kingdom Hearts... I mean, I could see myself never getting tired of of, of fighting Heartless on Splash Mountain. Like, that's just <laughs> such a bizarre enough idea yeah, for me. Yeah, well, that shaped I'm like board. a
0: monster, yeah,
1: <laughs> from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, some, so much potential there. Is that Disney being like, we want more ride revenue? Yeah. Like, can you plug your rides in our game? I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's um, so funny. Yeah, I am... I, I, I can't even like use the word excited. I just am, you know, like that's, like, <laughs> that's as far as I, I am with, with kingdom hearts three. Like I will Are you play get it. A, did you pre-order it? I did not. Are you going to get a physical copy or a digital copy? I'm debating that. Um, I'm probably going to go digital cause I go digital with everything on PS4.
1: Yeah. I might too. Cause I also don't want to go to GameStop and be like, Hey, do you have any copies left? Yeah. and I'd um, be like, no. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll buy a, uh, uh, a chrono trigger poster. Which, yeah, by the way, so I I was condensing my library. I traded in a bunch of games at like a retro video game store in Chicago. The Exchange on Belmont, if you're in Chicago, it's (laughs) it's not a bad place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got like seventy five dollars worth of store credit, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Traded some like old 64 games and like Rampage on PS1, like this crap. And I got seventy five dollars. So I got Super Mario RPG on Super Nintendo. And they had a Chrono Trigger poster, which like is fine. It's just the characters. But I'm like, there is not a single piece of Chrono Trigger merch in existence. I've looked. There's nothing. There's no, (laughs) there's truly nothing. And I'm like, I need to just own this. I know it looks kind of tacky, but I need this. And I bought it. And now it's above my desk where I work. And play and in my, my personal home desk. I'm not brave enough to put that on my work desk at work. Mm. That might be a bit much, although my desk is already strange. I might as well just live my life, you know?
0: Yeah. At my last job, I had a big uh, tapestry of the dark souls map and everybody was like, oh, really? that's, like that's a cool piece of art. And I was like, yeah, that's what it is. It's art. That's what I try to go for. I try to go for
1: merch that like could, even if you don't know what it is, you could still enjoy it. Yes. Um, like I have this incredible painting of the like Corgi dog and a giant suit of armor from undertale. Hell yeah. Oh yes. 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 It's so much better out of context than if you like, if you know, it's like, oh cool. But if you don't know, it's like, what is this painting? This is incredible. It's awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that's proudly above my, uh, where it's where I draw on my, on my, Wacom Cintiq. Ah, doing yes. a lot of plugging, and there's like no, like this yeah. not ads.
0: Yeah, yeah, my um, yeah, my Dark Souls tapestry is now above my uh, my Casper mattress. <laughs> the pyramid of
1: Blue Apron boxes that I sleep in. Yeah, I have a chrono trigger button <laughs> right by it. <laughs> anyway, I think I think we're a bit off the rails of Splash Mountain, but um, Kingdom Hearts three. I'm really excited to talk about it because I think we're you know we're both at kind of like almost like a lucid plane of, of, of hype for it. Yeah. Um, which I think if I've learned anything with like anything that's hyped uh, with star Wars, with, with, with anything that like has like years and years of buildup, the more neutral I enter, the the more I love it. Truly. Mm. I think the moment you kind of put too many personal projections on something, which is only human. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's wrong to do, yeah, but you know, it's, it's also like, I think there's a degree of claiming an unfair amount of ownership over something that is kind of not yours, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why are you laughing? I, I just I just got teleported back to when you said I could be a good Jack Skellington, and I said thank you as if that was a compliment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't even, you didn't even protest to me being the fucking insane mayor. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense in this town don't we love it now everyone's (laughs) waiting for the big surprise i am the clown with the tearaway face i am the who when you call who's there that's my favorite one yeah yeah it's a great movie (laughs) though the moral is kind of like don't try new things which is kind of shitty um at the end santa's like see you couldn't do it he's like you're right i guess there is another angle of like Sticking to what you are loved for and not wanting to be someone else, which is more positive.
0: Yes. Or like, Uh, I guess, yeah. Cultural appropriation. That's
1: also very true. I I take that back.
0: Which I'd never thought about until this very moment. I've never, I've I've never thought about the thematic arc of Nightmare Before Christmas, but I guess that's. Yeah
1: yeah should we let's wrap up yeah let's wrap up next uh comes out tuesday doesn't
0: it it does come out tuesday
1: i love that it comes out on a tuesday in january that's so like fitting for like years and years of build up like the most unceremonious yeah kind of day
0: yeah i'm pre-recording all of my podcasts for the week today so i so i have tuesday free uh so i can just play Ooh, that and nice. not do anything else yeah that's a good move, which I'm excited about. But yeah, we will.
1: Uh, this is probably the only time too. we're going to say what we're going to talk about next time and it actually be true.
0: Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts three next time. I wouldn't be surprised if we come into the episode next week and that's one segment of multiple segments. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't yeah. have as much to say as we thought about that game because. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Just because like it needs to like simmer, you know?
1: Huh? Interesting. We'll see. We'll see how we feel. Yeah. Um. But either way, we'll talk about it. Two things that are kind of on my on my radar are I'm I'm curious about the Resident Evil 2 remake. I may pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel divisive on like what I've seen from it, but I hear great things. Yeah. Um, And that's like Resident Evil 2 is my favorite one from from yesteryear. And that's a game that I think truly does deserve to be cleaned up a bit from the past. <laughs> right. You know, as much as I love tank controls. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to try something new. <laughs> also, Wargroove on the Switch. I'm very excited about. Yeah. Uh, from chucklefish who were involved in stardew valley as well as our favorite game uh that i forgot the name of starbound Starbound. it's basically like advanced wars but designed by them yeah uh which which is super up my alley so yeah i'll probably pick that up so if we do truly have like kingdom hearts 3 it's good anyway war groove on switch a delightful new experience of it yeah uh so so those are two things for me um i think what else is honestly not until i feel like march is there like a ton coming out
0: yeah it's kind of interesting i i imagine there's a possibility that i could talk about the anthem beta next week um because the public beta starts on saturday but if i am just playing kingdom hearts then that's probably all i'll talk about
1: (laughs) yeah so i'll probably do some i mean i now own super mario rpg so there's a lot of older stuff i can definitely bring to the table another thing worth remembering is that on in my calendar which could be wrong but on march 22nd secure shadows die twice comes out oh which i think that was a game we both were really pumped for that we actually like forgot is coming out this
0: year yeah At least I, did. I thought that was going to come out towards the end of the year that's wild okay cool. uh
1: yeah and we also don't know when uh, animal crossing is coming out but that's another big one
0: yeah um worth I'm mentioning sure- the, the metroid thing that just happened um oh yeah uh, uh nintendo just reset development of metroid prime 4 they were they were multiple years in development and they were like you know what this isn't what we want uh and they they killed that project and they're starting over and handed it back to retro uh which is oh, the cool. developer that made metroid primes one two and three um yeah so they are reclaiming that franchise and starting over from scratch so we probably won't hear That's about that game for many years again which is wild yeah talk about build up yeah that's that's metroid's a series that is like constant
1: patience i feel to be a fan of of metroid it's like all right when is nintendo gonna give this the same attention they give literally everything else
0: yeah and instead you get like metroid prime hunters and other m and a remake of two for for the 3ds although samus returns fucking ruled um it just yeah it just came out while the switch was out so nobody played it uh but that game was very good that's in the 3ds right uh it was yeah cool man yeah maybe i'll pick that up here's a weird thing about that game and i'll say this and maybe we could sign off after that um metroid metroid samus returns for the 3ds is like the bloodborne revision of the metroid franchise um the combat in that game feels bloodborne-esque in a very strange way oh awesome
1: yeah i mean it's definitely uh i think you can consider bloodborne and dark souls by extension like a 3d metroidvania and like Absolutely. a different perspective way yeah um so cool yeah well let's sign off because we're running out of steam but thank you all for listening we've been doing this show for a while now it feels like it just recently in the last couple episodes has felt like not new anymore mm. but like in a good way you know what i mean yeah it's like a
0: it's like a warm blanket now
1: it's a warm blanket it's got a vibe of its own that i enjoy revisiting yes um and yeah, we've we've just really enjoyed doing the show uh, for as long as we have and we really appreciate the support you've all given us. Um if you like the show, you know the deal. Uh sharing it is great. Uh reviewing on iTunes. The, you know what? This is the only thing I don't like about the show is saying this, but it is important. Um it does help truly and like we love uh seeing what you guys think, honestly. Yeah. And uh, so it's anyone who's interviewed it's amazing that you do that cuz like that that's just it's asking for a good amount even though it's like very quick it's asking for like a lot of you to do that which is why I sometimes get anxiety asking to for have people to do it but it is important and we also really appreciate it
0: yeah i will say like honestly um re reviews It's a, it's a thing that you will hear people ask for on every single podcast. And it's always like, okay, why would I do that? My other podcast that I do, one of the other podcasts that I do, like literally got added to like a featured section of iTunes because so many people wrote reviews. So like, it's a thing that super actually does help.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, even if you don't feel compelled to write a review, just, just rating it on iTunes is also super helpful. Yeah. So, and many of you have done that, which is which is unreal. Um, and I think that's where the anxiety comes in because I'm like asking for more and it's like, how, aren't you happy with what you have, you know? <laughs> but thank you truly. Thank you for listening. And, uh, if you also want to stay more in touch with what the show is doing and what we plan on doing, you can follow us on Twitter at into the cast. Yeah. Um, that is our official Twitter page. um, and unless you have anything else to add, Brendan, I think we can officially sign off here.
0: Yeah, I'll just make the call out once more. If any of you have any interest in um, us being present on another network besides Twitter, uh, just let us know. However, yeah. however you can or want to, we are open to creating community elsewhere. So let us know.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're we're open to all ideas and also being more in touch with all who listen um we enjoy all your interactions on twitter and and if there's a better platform like i don't know linkedin or uh i would love Zoom. nothing more than to make a page for us
0: on linkedin <laughs> that actually might be perfect uh, i don't know if you've seen the horrific shit i've been posting to linkedin recently but i've i've made no, it a I habit not of, log on I, i've made it a habit of shit posting on linkedin once a week now <laughs> just because like why not you know well you're getting endorsed for computers my friend yeah i do have a lot of endorsements for computers anyway uh with that <laughs> my name is steven hilger you could find me at Stephen hilger yes my name is brendan bigley you
1: can find me on the internet at brendan bigley have a wonderful week and enjoy kingdom hearts 3 goodbye everyone thank you for listening bye have fun with kingdom hearts 3 let
0: us know you like it yes please do